What's good? What's good? It's Hector Oliveira, and you're listening to Talking Some Fucking Muscle with Big Body Say. Say, say, Liwa. Say, say, what's good, man? How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Thank you very much. How are you doing? Fantastic. And today's mission is a dive into the classic Rocky IV training montage and how it brings up the highly controversial debate of what builds a better person, a better athlete, or a better competitor. Is it science or is it grit? The answer lies in this episode of Talking Some Fucking Muscle. In a time of avocado toast eating, top knot wearing, beard brushing, beer snob hipsters, two men, one from the south, one from the north, come together on a virtuous quest to reclaim the true purpose of the pursuit of strength and set in stone the driving force that gets men to move off of their lazy asses. So come and drink from the goblet of power. Slick your thirst for motivation as two men invoke the indomitable will, the ironclad mindset, and the muscles that overcame great odds. Yes, these two men will be speaking of high adventure. These two men will be talking some fucking muscle. Hello and welcome, friends, family, lovers, haters, lovers that hate to love, and haters that love to hate, you all have a place here with us on Talking Some Fucking Muscle. This is Hector Oliveira. I am with the man always on a mission to find nutrition. Big body say, say say Liua, say say what's good. How are you? Man, my back hurts, man. Shoot. How about your neck? Is your neck hurting also? A little bit. <laughs> Hey, but nah, man, I went to the doctor today, dude. Like, it's what I thought it was, but I just thought I'd get it checked because I was just watching a YouTube video, had me tripping. It was like, it could be your gallbladder, but I got it just from probably lifting weights. Did the doctor say you need a bacchiotomy? <laughs> no, but uh, that's what it, that's what I do need because it hurts, man. I can't even work. I can't even walk. I can't even do nothing. I'm just like, twibs. It hurts, dog. Well, sounds like you need a little bit of that good oil we were talking about on the last episode of Talking Some Fucking Muscle. Yeah, that sounds good. Give me some of that. All right, man. It's our second episode, and we're pretty much professionals at this whole uh, podcast thing. I think uh, I think you and I deserve a place amongst the best in the business. So, say, say, today's episode is on Rocky Four and the training montage that sparked the controversial debate of what works best to build a better athlete, individual, or competitor. Is it science or is it grit? We're going to go ahead and answer that today. We're also going to dig into Sylvester Stallone and Dolph Lundgren, the two actors that trained for those uh, roles, how they did it, what they went through, their stories. We're going to break down the montage bit by bit, blow by blow, just so you get an exact idea of how they painted a picture of grit versus science. Then we're going to have a debate. We're going to debate for science and we're also going to debate for grit, and we're going to see which one sounds better. Say, say, I will give you, our, and I will give you our final answers on which one we prefer, science or grit. And then we got a special tidbit at the end of the podcast. We're going to go ahead and give you, while well, Say is going to go ahead and give you his top three grit building movements, and I'm going to drop some tech knowledge on what are the best tech modalities you can purchase with your dollar dollar bills, y'all. How's that sound, Say, say you ready for this? Man, it sounds good, man. Shoot. All right. Is your back starting to feel better? Barely. 
on Saturday, on Saturday, I heard it, man, doing some laundry, actually, not lifting weights. Like, I picked up the bag of laundry, and I thought it was only 20 pounds. It was like 70 pounds, dog. Got some heavy la- laundry. Samoans <laughs> have Sunday, heavier laundry than the normal person. That's how you know you're getting old, when, when most of your injuries come from doing chores and shit. Yes, sir. So, you and I, say are both very excited for this episode of Talking Some Fucking Muscle. But... I feel we need to uh, do a couple things. We need to put out a couple disclaimers about some of the things we said on the last episode in, re- in regard to the action heroes. And then we also need to handle some listener feedback because we got some great feedback and we love all feedback, negative, positive, whatever it is. If you think my breath stinks because you can smell it over the airwaves, then, you know, let us know. I'd love to try to clean it up for you. How do you feel about feedback, Stacey? That's what this age is all about. I feel we're in the information age, bro. So the more information, that's all we're getting right now. Oh, look at all this information I got. It's, it's going to move into an age of information stewardship. And then that's probably going to go quickly, too. But, like, you know what I mean? It's like, what do you do with that information now? So what? Uh, I got I got his credit card information. I got his heart rate monitor. You know, all the Fitbits hooked up. What are you going to do with it? Oh, well, maybe you're out for a jog. You know what I'm saying? All of a sudden, an ambulance pulls up next to you, and you're like, what's up? And they're like... Yo, is that, is that you, Heck? And they're like, yeah. And we're like, don't worry. They're like, just wait a little bit. And then you go into like cardiac arrest and they're like, they already knew that was going to happen. You know what I'm saying? And they're there. You feel me? Or they just show up at your door like, dude, what up? You say, say, I'm like, yeah, just cooking a steak right now. What's up? They're like, just give it a minute. And you're like, oh shit. <laughs> cardiac arrest. Or if it went the other way, the cops could show up and be like, hey, you Hector? Yeah, I'm Hector. Well, you're about to commit a crime next week. So we're going to go ahead and just oh, lock you up right now. Let's just talk about it. So, yeah. Here's the thing. The reason why we love feedback is because we're all human. We're only human. We're born to make mistakes. You know, we do make mistakes. It's our first time at this whole podcasting thing, so we don't know everything there is to know about the podcasting business. We do know some things about the fitness industry, and we hope you guys gather around and maybe sit under the learning tree every now and then. But we don't know everything there is to know about the fitness industry. Yeah. But what we are going to do is we're definitely going to respond when people yeah. message us or give us feedback. Yeah. We're going to bow down to your every need. And we're going to make everybody happy, dude. That's what we do. That's what we're here to do as people. Just make everybody happy. The only podcast that's going to make all y'all happy. Everyone. <laughs> Everybody's going to be happy, dog. Possible. Send them home happy. All right. So as humble as possibly, we're going to go ahead and field a few concerns and feedback and also put up some disclaimers. Say, say. Remember, we were talking about the action hero, the, the progression of the action hero. Yeah, I remember that. Yes, I feel like we did a disservice to our old and favorite tried and true action heroes. I'd like to come out and just say that I'm a big fan of Clint Eastwood. Love Gran Torino. I mean, I'm, you're probably a big fan of Clint Eastwood as well. Yeah, I like Clint Eastwood. I love me some Clint Eastwood. I'll, I'll, I'll fuck with John Wayne. I'll watch a John Wayne movie. Uh, those are always good. Um, what about you? You like John Wayne? No, we never got into John Wayne, but I respect what he's still for. Yeah. It was you know, in John Wayne. How to be a man back then. Yeah. And you know what? The writing, say what you want to say about those action stars, but the writing was good. The direct, those, those movies stand the test of time and they hold their place. Take it for what you want with us, guys. All we're trying to do is represent business changes and business decisions and where people put their money in relation to, to the fitness industry and how it affects commerce, uh, pop culture. And, and in that instance, we were showing you how it affected Hollywood, right? Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think John Wayne could kill Predator, but Arnold could. <laughs> anyway, I digress. So here's, I guess here's the second mistake that we're going to own up to. 
Um, but this is a shared mistake. And you know what? A lot of this can also be intentional. I, I actually intentionally did it this way. I'm going to sound super smart here and act like I know what I'm doing, but I don't. But here goes. In the last episode, I felt like we did a disservice to Franco Colombo and who he was in the bodybuilding community and, and bodybuilding in general. Franco Colombo won his weight class. And he was actually part of the final two posers because the way that competition worked is you had the, the heavyweight winner and the lightweight. There were only two classes, heavyweight and lightweight. Franco Colombo won lightweight and then Arnold won heavyweight. And then they posed down against each other at the very end. So the issue with that is pumping iron didn't make that a bigger story. Yeah, sorry about that, Franco. I couldn't pick him out of a lineup, but I could pick Arnold Schwarzenegger out of a lineup. Yeah, and I think it's it has more to do with the, the size difference. Franco Colombo was a smaller guy. I think he was 5'6", 180 pounds, 170. But his muscle looked a lot bigger, yeah. a lot more impactful on his body. And in my opinion, I know I said Lou Ferrigno was, was the more, I guess, impressive bodybuilder because of how big he is. When you're comparing big bodies, I like Lou Ferrigno's physique. When you're comparing a better physique, I actually lean toward Franco Colombo because he had the muscle packed on. And actually, if you look at bodybuilding today, those guys aren't five, ten, six foot, so they're not as big as you say. They're, they're like my size. They're like, they're like five foot nothing, a hundred nothing. No, they're not a hundred nothing. They're like five foot nine, 285 pounds. Just ridiculous. So here's the other part. And I went into a rant where I told, I basically said I was going to offend some people. Uh, let me clear up one thing first. Bodybuilding is a difficult, challenging thing to do. It's not easy. It's not for everybody. And I respect it. I respect the effort. I respect the commitment. And I respect the attention to training detail. They go through all of it. They do what they need to do. But. Totally. Yeah. But this is not a bodybuilding podcast. This is a podcast that allows everyone to kind of take a look at what aspects of the fitness industry are out there. So that way people can choose. It's like a buffet table of fitness. I know we're all, you're from, you're Samoan. I, I know yeah, you've yeah, seen I some like, buffet tables. I like, I, I like bodybuilding. You're right, man. Bodybuilding is a testament, though, to more of, uh, you know, strict training and uh, discipline in certain areas, you know, not necessarily an overall representation of health, you know. 100% agree. And here's, here's where I go from there. While I respect it, here's the thing. Say, say, you and I have been in the fitness industry a long time. I have multiple certifications and many leather-bound books. If that makes me more important, it doesn't. What makes me more important, what makes you important, say, say, is not the science we obtain, but the people and the lives that we touch and change. That's what makes you important in the fitness industry. So here's where I stand officially on bodybuilding. If you want to give me feedback about whether I discredit bodybuilding or not, but I'm just going to call it for what it is. And once again, this may offend some people, but this is my stance. It's not sustainable. You cut your calories. You cut yourself down to a point to where you can reach what is called peak week and sustain an appearance for a short period of time. So that way you can win a competition purely based on aesthetic. So if you take a bodybuilder at their peak week and put them against an athlete from any sport and tell them to play against each other for any amount of time, half hour contest, whatever it is, that bodybuilder will not do well because their calories are all out of whack. Most of them before peak week or wherever they're at, they feel terrible. The only thing they feel good about is their aesthetic from what I see. I haven't done one. I know a lot of people can say do one. No, I don't want to do one because I've seen it. I know what it is from that standpoint and I don't want to put myself through it. It's just like shit. Like I, you don't know if shit tastes bad, right? 
I'm not gonna go try shit. Right? I'm just I'm just saying, yep, it's 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 because uh it's like I don't disagree with you. That's exactly I believe that the one the one thing that they're going for is aesthetic. I just like I don't disagree. If you take a a peak athlete in peak position uh physical condition in a bodybuilding competition and put him in the UFC ring with somebody who's like in peak physical condition, even for you know football or basketball, they probably wouldn't even be able to hang. The bodybuilder be so depleted, you crap up. Yeah, I don't think they'd be able to get through the warm up for a fight or for an athletic competition, just because of the depletion. They a lot of them cut uh, water. That's what you draw the line. Like people say, fitness, fitness, physically, like like survival of the fitness. Uh, as far as fitness is concerned, the reason why I train, I don't know about that, bro. Like, I like to have a little cushion. I like to have, uh, some fats are important, very important. You know, that's because I'm looking for performance, not just uh, aesthetics. That doesn't necessarily mean that he can run to save his life. Exactly. One thing we have to remember is we are in the age of positive thinking. Everybody wants to support everybody and not say anything negative. Here's the thing, if, if I'm doing something that is making me feel like shit, is making me feel terrible, and is potentially dangerous to my health, I'm going to want somebody to step in with some honesty. Um, I think there's a lot of danger in positive thought process. Uh, you, you definitely need it in your life. You can't entertain cancerous or negative thoughts, but you have to be established as a professional, as a person, to listen to constructive feedback. And you can't bring emotion into a situation that may help you or save you from doing something harmful to yourself. And I'm not saying bodybuilding is harmful. I'm not going down that road. What I am saying is that the overly positive thought process that we're employing with everything, everything is great. Everything's phenomenal. Everything's this, everything's that. But it's like, when does that become a point of negligence? When does that become a point of, you know, I need to be real with myself first and real with the people around me that I care about. Actually, we're going to go into that today with Rocky Four about the people that you surround yourself with. We're going to lay it all out for you. But I think that that kind of puts a bow on, on last uh, the last episode and handling all the feedback and some initial di- disclaimers. Once again, I love bodybuilders. I'm not trying to talk S on bodybuilders or the bodybuilding community. You know, bodybuilders, stop being so sensitive. Take some constructive feedback. Lift your weights. Get ripped. And like Arnold said, if you don't got it, don't show it. Right? That's right, man. All right, so that was our rant. Anything else? Anything you want to add to that, Cece, to round it out? I would say this. Go look at Dorian Yates right now. Dorian Yates, the changer of the torch from Arnold Schwarzenegger to Dorian Yates on a new size and new level. If you follow him on Dorian Yates on Instagram, you'll see what he's doing now. He's doing yoga. He's doing paddleboarding. He's doing health and wellness, as you know it. I always think everything's semantics. Okay, so if you want to... Take it serious. Let's get serious on like these words. Bodybuilding is bodybuilding. Health and wellness is health and wellness. You know, stuff like holistic is holistic. <laughs> and I think it's all ingredients, and that's what it really is. When you mix all these ingredients, a recipe is just ingredients of different things to put together that makes a, a greater thing. So, bodybuilding is definitely an ingredient in fitness, definitely. Okay, but it's not. It's not the end product. Without question, says one hundred percent. Couldn't have said it more eloquently myself. Let's get to what we're really all here for. We're really here today to talk about Rocky Four and the training montage between one Dolph Lundgren who played Ivan Drago 
and Sylvester Stallone, old Sly Stallone, Rocky Balboa, and uh, the training montage that placed two athletes on different levels in how they trained, how they built themselves, and how they prepared themselves for the battle of their life. One, That's right. Like in the movie The Martian, one tried to science the shit out of the situation. That would be Ivan Drago, the Soviet Union boxer. The other one pursued grit and basically used the elements to train his body. Let's actually cover the actors themselves in this role. If anybody hasn't seen Rocky IV, or nobody's familiar with the two actors in the training montage, I would say just pop it into your Google machine. Do whatever you need to do to watch Rocky IV. It's one of the classics. got a ton of bad reviews. But when I look back on it and actually take the behind-the-scenes approach, it opened up this whole new world of interest to me. Uh, let's go through the actors first. Let's talk about Sylvester Stallone, uh, Rocky Balboa himself, standing at about 5'10". Yeah, the goat standing about 5'10", 100, he was probably about 170 pounds, 175 pounds soaking wet. So he was lean, he was ripped, but uh, he trained hard, man. He, he was definitely someone who took his role serious, trained with professional boxers to, to get his get his physical conditioning where he needed it for this movie. And one thing he also did was took his job really seriously. It's, it's actually a famous uh, story that he told Dolph Lundgren, the guy who played Ivan Drago, the person he was boxing against in this yeah. uh, in this movie, he told him not to pull any punches to really hit him in that in those first couple of rounds of their of their fight. So uh, this is just yeah. gives you an idea of how Sylvester Stallone took this role as Rocky. He wanted it to be as real and legitimate as possible, so that way the story was more impactful. So the training, everything you saw, the stunts, everything that was all Sly Stallone. Everything was him, man. Everything was legit. Uh, what do you remember about Sylvester? You know what? One thing I remember about Sylvester Stallone in this scene is he looks a lot like you with a beard, man. If you go on to say say, just just uh, if you go onto his Instagram, big body say. If you go onto his Instagram and take a look at him, he looks a lot like Sylvester Stallone with a beard in that Rocky Four training montage. What are your thoughts on uh, Sly Stallone? Yeah, man, I I never really remembered looking up to him as I was growing up. As far as I was more into like the Rambo, like I was like, dude, that guy. He comes through and he just kills the whole village. And I loved it. But as far as his physique, now that I look at him, I remember looking at him and I said, I can attain that. So I kind of related to him on a body type. I look at Rambo and yeah, people have told me that I look like, I look like Rocky a little bit, but uh, that was when I was ripped, ripped with long hair, you know. I could probably pull off the Halloween costume version. Yeah, but actually uh, moving on to, to Ivan Drago, played by, he was actually a newcomer to the Hollywood scene, one of the prototypical uh, heroes or villains that they casted based off of what uh, the example and the, the, the stage that Pumping Iron presented. Uh, Dolph Lundgren, he was 26 years old, Swedish bodybuilder. There's that word, the word again, bodybuilder. 26-year-old Swedish bodybuilder, uh, 6'6", 240 pounds. He was the guy. They landed on him because he wasn't too bulky, but he was you know, 6'6", 240. That's a, that's a big boy. I remember when they put a needle in him in the movie, I was like, that's got to be really so kind of discredited, which I'm not hating on that, but that's a whole nother subject. One thing about Dolph Lundgren, not a lot of people remember, is that he was a legit badass. This guy was a first-degree black belt in karate, so he's, he has a kickboxing background. Not only that, he was also a legit badass upstairs in the brain, being the MIT grad, so he was buff in the brain as well, the brain swirls. But another thing about him is he was actually overly physical on set, he made Carl Withers yeah. basically quit in that scene. You remember that scene when they're they're boxing? So it's uh, Apollo Creed, 
and Ivan Drago. They're boxing, they're exchanging blows. If anybody hasn't seen it, shame on you. Pop it in the Google machine, watch it. It's Carl Weathers and Dolph Lundgren in their heyday. It's beautiful. It's Dylan. He got Carl Weathers, picked him up, Paul Creed, threw him into the corner. That shot right there that they used for the film was actually a scene where Carl Weathers said, you know, fuck this shit, took his gloves off, said, you guys need to call my agent, I fucking quit. And he was done with filming because of how physical Dolph Lundgren was getting up. Sylvester Stallone had to meet with Dolph Lundgren. They told him to peel it back a little bit for other actors. Yeah, everything was, was about as authentic as you would want it in that movie. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I like grit. Yeah. Yeah, to wrap that up, Stallone, he's still physically fit. He trains still to this day. But he took his role seriously. He was yeah. in crazy phenomenal shape. Dolph Lundgren in crazy good shape. Actually, one little tidbit behind that. He told Dolph Lundgren to not hold yeah. back any punches. So that initial fighting scene where Dolph Lundgren and Sylvester Stallone are going at it, round one, Rocky versus Ivan Drago, they come out of their corners and they're throwing, they're exchanging. Drago gets the best of him and he has like five or six punches land directly onto his head. And I'm thinking, damn, I would get knocked out if I took five or six punches directly to the dome like that. After the grip. That was some <laughs> That piece of grit from Sylvester Stallone landed him in the hospital for nine days. So one of the punches that... Oh, wow. That's yeah, one of the punches that Dolph Lundgren connected with to the chest it injured his pericardial sac, and it was forcing him to go into palpation. So his heart wasn't working wow. correctly. Yeah, he was, he was in a bad way. He was in intensive care. They flew him out. Steroids. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. So they flew. They flew Sylvester Stallone from. Uh, they were filming up in Canada at that time. They flew him from Canada down to uh, Southern California to get intensive care treatment. That is taking your job really fucking serious, right there. And that is actually talking. That's talking some fucking muscle, right there. Is the pericardial sac the right ball or the left ball? That's the only. Uh, that's the only sack I got, man. I don't know. I don't know. I have to get a little better on science on that. My, one, okay. My wife. Ha- my wife has the other sack. All I'm left with is my pericardial sack. Let's get into the montage. We built this up, and we we definitely want to give it its due diligence. So I'm going to set the scene, and I'm also going to uh, play a little clip from the montage because you know watching it several times. Actually, watching it today, I, I rewatched it today, and I was breaking it down bit by bit. I got super emotional watching it, man. I almost cried like three or four times. I couldn't believe the emotion I was feeling. It took me up. It took me down. It took me left. It took me right. It took me everywhere I wanted to go with the montage. It made me feel some kind of way, and that way was motivated. You know, hopefully it does the same thing for you guys. I like watching that montage. I like watching those videos where they show the little kids watching the TV of the montage, and they're trying to copy Rocky. That's what gets me. I like, I like to see this one where this little kid was in front of the TV. So he was just doing those switch over one-handed push-ups. I was like, dang, bro. Get it. Get grit. I can't even do one-handed push-ups. I can't even, I can barely do two-handed push-ups. All right, so the training montage opens up with Rocky staring at a picture of Dolph Lundgren, a.k.a. Ivan Drago, his opponent. He steps out into the cold, right, the Soviet Union era. Actually, a little uh, background, this, this scene was filmed in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, uh, they didn't fly out to Siberia, but they actually found a place that was pretty close, pretty darn close to the freezing conditions, the rugged terrain, the tundra, everything that you would expect out of Siberia. They brought Rocky out to train there, or Sylvester Stallone to train there. It's, uh, it's actually a beautiful area if you, if you look at it, pop it into your Google machine. If you, if you book a vacation, you're probably going to want to go out there any time of year. It's actually on a ski resort, so if you like to ski, take your skis out there. I don't like to ski. I'm Mexican. Mexicans don't ski. Sorry. If you're Mexican and you, and you ski, yeah. I'm pulling a Mexican card, which probably has yeah. nothing on it because we all got bad credit also. There's a whole bunch of just bad racial stereotypes that I laid out, but you know what? I guess I can say it because I'm Mexican. You got to 
So hold on, there's a lot that you just said. So you gotta have good credit to go skiing. And the reason why Mexicans are not good skiers is because they have bad credit. That's what I just heard you say. Exactly. Somebody invited me snowboarding and I was looking I was looking at all the shit you had to buy to snowboard, the pants, everything. It was going to run me almost like two racks to get the board, the pants, the bindings, the blah, 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 blah. Why am I going to spend two grand? I'm not about to spend two grand on clothes that I might wear once every other year whenever somebody's <laughs> like, hey, bro, let's go up and snowboard. I'm fine. I'll stay in a nice warm cabin. I'll drink some whiskey. Yeah, right? I'll tell some stories. We'll chat it up. We'll have a good time. So, uh, actually, speaking of it, chat me up, say, say, you ever go snowboarding? I never been snowboarding, but uh been to the snow. You know what I mean? I don't ever wear anything like that. Two thousand dollars gear. I just wear board shorts, something that dries you, and some shoes. You're on the time limit when you go out there without the proper equipment, man. You got to get out there, get yeah. get what you want done, and get back inside. Oh my! I just never had the urge. It's just one of those things that I'm like, I'll let them do that. I, I, I'm like, all right. So let's circle back to the montage. Rocky steps out into the frozen tundra. He just sees this vast expanse of snow hills, mountains, the rough terrain, the woods. He's getting himself physically and mentally ready for what he's about to do. You know, it's a, it's a crazy endeavor. He's out in the middle of Soviet Union. Uh, they have Soviet Union officials following him. So what they did was they built up the odds that are stacked against him. They didn't give him a fancy training facility. They said, we're going to give you a cabin. You can train at this cabin in Siberia. So Rocky knows he already has that stacked against him, but he's not, he's not going to accept defeat. He's going to go out there and find out what he's truly made of. He steps out into the elements. I think he was actually grateful about that cabin. He's like, oh, and I get a cabin? Sweet. You know? Cabin, little hot tub, get the good oil going. That's right. That's right. I'm all about the good oil in a cabin with a hot tub. No sleep on that. So that's how Stallone's training scene starts. Then we cut to Dolph. He's using machines. There's a whole bunch of modern tech for him to train on. There's scientists. He's basically hooked up to all kinds of shit. They're measuring everything about him. He's in a warm training facility with an indoor track. Fucking basically, basically looks like Equinox today. He's training in Equinox. You know what's interesting about this is one thing I want to bring up is that a lot of the machines of the technology that they used for the training sequence for Dolph Lundgren and his Ivan Drago character, this wouldn't hit a mainstream fitness consumption until 20 years after. Because these things were all prototypical. They were all in the test phase and they were putting these machines and external devices to give it the feel that, one, people are investing tons of money into this boxer. Two, they're trying to make it foolproof that he doesn't lose. And we'll get into the mystery substance that they inject into him in a little bit later in the montage. So they're trying to make it foolproof. They're trying to build this unbeatable opponent for Rocky to face. And that builds up, that goes against the elemental aspect. And that's why we're saying this is, this is the one time that you actually get to see someone well, not one time, but this is one of the times where you get to see a message on what's going to prevail. Is it science or is it grit? And it creates that debate. It also looks like Ivan Drago is chasing stats and numbers on machines. You see him punch this little punching thing that measures the punch rate. It reminds me of that thing in, in all the arcades where you punch it as hard as you possibly can. And it gives you a little reading like 400 and the max punch is like 12,000. It's like, damn, who's that guy? I don't want to find that guy in a dark alley. Yeah. Maybe all kinds of tests. It was interesting to watch. Yeah. I don't know. Like, that's some high tech technology. I was like, this dude's using that stuff today. Chat me up, say, say, you ever punch one of those little boxing things that measure your punch power? What's your punch power at? Well, you give me yours first, and then I'll give you mine. Like that. It was definitely the nines. All right, whatever yours was, mine was one more than you. I remember that. I remember that. After, when, when Bucky got in that cabin, you know, he was like, how am I going to get myself to train? Everybody's lazy at some point. Everybody has to push themselves. 
right? Does it take a fancy Equinox type gym, all the science equipment? No. Rocky went up into the top story of his cabin and got sit-ups done. He didn't, he, you know what I mean? Do you remember when he's hanging upside down off of the top story? And it's like, if he falls, he would just probably break his neck. That's like yeah. putting skin in the game, dude. Like, put any more skin in that when you put your survival on the line, so. Yeah, I think you brought up something right now that actually I don't have any notes on about is you brought up ingenuity uh, versus modality. There are a lot of fitness modalities out there that people are making tons of money off of these modalities, your TRXs, whatever it is. There's a lot of modalities out there that are replacing the individual in- ingenuity. What Stallone and Rocky's character does is he introduces ingenuity and they, they build actual dichotomy between the movements that and the movement patterns that Drago's using and the movements that they're the same movements, they're just done differently. You said the the sit-ups where he was upside down. Well, Drago was on yeah. one of those uh, machine sit-up machines that have the weight, you know, where you're anchored down yeah. and you're, you're doing that weighted sit-up. So I don't know. I'm not a big machines person per se. You gotta I know when and where and how to use it, right? Like a machine's good for its purpose. Beyond that, leave it. Yeah, I'm I'm more of a movement, healthy movement pattern person over. Machines. I don't rely on machines personally. Like I said, 15 years in the fitness industry, we, we develop our skill set. We, we basically try to influence it so that way people feel better. That's, I like that. I feel the same way. I hope I'm not cutting you off, but I, I just, you're inspiring me to say that because I, I feel like, yeah, he was very, uh, he's being, he had a lot of ingenuity. Maybe he couldn't spell it, but he had it. You know what I'm saying? And it sounds like I got a little tangent on that one. No, that's beautiful. 100% agree with you. And we're challenging the grit of our listeners right now to get through our podcast with our audio. And and, and through grit, we can have our podcast live on and keep listening through grit. 100%. So I talked about the dichotomy of modality versus ingenuity. So you had the sled, right? There's that scene where Drago was like in that, in the prone position, kind of like on all fours on this mechanical sled, moving back and forth. And it cuts to, it's like real quick cuts back and forth between uh, Rocky and Ivan Drago. Rocky's actually strapped into a sled. He's pulling Polly, Polly. And we'll get, we'll get to the side characters also, but he's pulling Polly in the sled with some wood. He's chopping wood. He's doing all these movements. And one of the legit movements I actually saw him do was a, um, I wish I could anchor this up. I need to tap into my ingenuity. He was doing that, that net or that stack of rocks. He was doing like a, a high to low wood chop with it. Dude, that looked brutal. That looked like that would, that would bust your ass. I just want to do the fully, fully right. That's, that's beautiful. Well, can you can call the exercise a wood chop. Is it really a wood chop? No, it's designed to send a wood chop, but what's a, what's a real wood chop? Getting out there and chopping some wood. Or, you know what I mean? Like, just no doubt about that. Exactly. I'm going to get into the where you're chasing a desired outcome, whether it's doing bodybuilding, whether it's a CrossFit competition, whether it's doing whatever it is you want to do, right? If, if you want to dance, you want to surround yourself with, with the right people. And you see a difference in who Rocky is surrounded by and Ivan Drago. So Ivan Drago, he has the scientists, he has the machines. He also has somebody who gave him a white unitard to run around that track in. It was like a, a white, just a complete onesie with, man, my, my Halloween costume is done. I'm going to wear that for Halloween. All white spandex. And he had a, he had a slave driving lady. Yeah, that was Brigitte Nielsen's. Uh, behind the scenes here, that's actually Sylvester Stallone's then wife. And Brigitte Nielsen was Shemokin. Yeah. Stallone's wife? Yeah, that was Stallone's old wife. I used to have a mad crush on uh, Brigitte 
She was definitely, she was difficult to look at. Uh, those, those 19, I got a special place in my heart and soul for 1980s women, and they are, God bless them. So, Ivan Drago, yeah, the scientist, what it looked like is he obviously had a whole bunch of cash invested into him. People were investing a lot of money because they wanted to bring a champion home. And we're not going to get into the uh, politics of, politics, of the Cold War, so I'm not going to go down that road. We're going to keep it simple. But what I am going to say is that during that time, there was a real race in for power. What they wanted to represent was that Soviet Union was putting a ton of money into this boxer, so that way they can say they had the best boxer over the United States. So that was that was what the Cold War, in a nutshell, meant in Rocky. We don't have to get into the intricacies, but that's just all of this. I mean, it was filmed in 1985, so there was a whole bunch of... I hear another yeah. apology coming on. <laughs> there was a whole bunch of Cold War stuff around it, but that's all it was. So there was a lot of money invested into this guy. Now let's take a look at who Rocky is surrounded by. He's surrounded by Polly. They've had their troubles, man. They had fisticuffs. They threw down. They threw hands a while ago, you know? They have history. This is somebody, if you can fight with somebody and still love them afterward, have a beer, support them, love them. That's a true, that's a true blue. That's a tried and true homie yeah. for life, right? I, I won't even fight you unless I love you. Like, if I don't know you trying to fight me, I'm going to run. That's the first line of defense for me. Get me out of here. You know exactly. You know who else was there is Duke, uh, the trainer of Apollo Creed. Remember oh, yeah. that guy? Yep, yep, yep. So Burt Young played Polly, and Tony Burton played Duke. Tony Burton, who's actually an underrated actor in that movie, man. That guy was a solid actor. If you go back and watch it, he's underrated. Pop Tony Burton into your Google machine and take a look at uh, Tony. This guy, when he cried whenever he was coaching yeah. Rocky from That's ringside. Yeah, a lot of emotion, a lot of uh, believability, reality to it. He right. brought... A little bit of grit. He has some grit. I always liked how uh, Rocky's corner showed up. Looked like they were ready for the hotel, and they showed up to the cabin like, So here's here's the thing, though. So he has people that are not monetarily invested in him. He has people that are personally invested in him. What I mean by personal? Earlier on in the movie, Ivan Drago murdered Apollo Creed in the middle of the ring. If one of you have seen Creed two, they hearken back to that. But he killed Creed in the middle of the ring, and that's Rocky's longtime friend. That's his homie. So now these guys are all personally invested in each other to set right what was wrong, and that's the fact that Ivan Drago didn't hold back, didn't hold any punches, and ended up killing Apollo Creed in the ring. So essentially, Rocky was surrounded by people that were personally invested in him, and that's a lot. Of, that's a big difference from having people that are monetarily invested, because once the money runs out, they're not interested. Once they don't get that investment back, they're not interested. But if someone's personally invested in your success and they truly are rooting for you and want to see you succeed, regardless of the amount of money that it's going to generate or they're putting in, those are the people you want around you when you make a decision to pursue something. And uh, I actually have a clip for you because the ace kicker actually happens when someone shows up in the middle of the training uh, routine. And I'm going to play this clip for you right now. I want you to listen to this because somebody shows up that flips the whole script and takes Rocky's training to the next level. Walks up, gives his lady a big hug, 
and the training is back on. And just like that, cue the hearts on fire theme. Here we go. Here it comes. Yep. There it is, man. So yeah. Rocky's in the middle of his doubts, and in walks Adrian. Adrian. To save his day, man, to be that rock. Wifey comes in. She drew, she flew all the way out to Siberia because she knew her man needed some support. That goes back to what I was talking about with surrounding yourself with the right people, correct? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I believe that 100%, man. I mean, what's it called nowadays? Ride or die? You know, down-ass chick. She went all the way out to Siberia. 100%. Yeah, as far as somebody loving you, you know what I mean? What do you think about the Hearts on Fire song. It's a little underrated, uh, underrated Rocky song, Hearts on Fire. Yeah, underrated, I think, is exactly the, the, the name of it. Because to be honest, I, I mean, I'm bad with songs. But when I heard Hearts of Fire, I was like, oh, that song? You mean that song that no matter what I'm doing, I feel like I could get a lift in song? That song that just pulls you off the couch? You know what I'm saying? That's so, you know, I can't even tell you who sings it. And the other day, I got a even a Beyonce song wrong. But when you hear those old 80s montage, I mean, I know you said you like 80s women, but those 80s training montage musics, man, I love that, dude. That's Even though it's old school and cheesy, I guess I'm just old school and cheesy. So, so chat me up. How would you rank Eye of the Tiger, Gonna Fly Now, and Hearts on Fire? Which one's number one, who's number two, and who's number three? Eye of the Tiger, Gonna Fly Now, or Hearts on Fire? I got you, but 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 you also gotta have There's No Easy Way Out. No Easy Way Out. So that's number, we'll start that at four, but basically we're gonna go um, Gonna Fly Now. Obviously, I'm poor with the names. That's the most famous song ever. Gonna Fly Now? Are you kidding me? Yeah. You can put that on on anything. I'm ready for a debate. And then Hearts of Fire number two. Hearts of Fire number two. You're going to put Hearts of Fire yeah. above Eye of the Tiger. I like it. I would, I would do the same thing. So yours yours would be Gonna Fly Now, and then Hearts of Fire, yeah. and then Eye of the Tiger. I 100 Yeah, and, and it works out perfectly because sometimes when people, especially this one guy, shout out to Ron that I always be doing in uh, fitness classes at Grinder Gym. He always says, put I, Gonna Fly Now on. He always says, please, please put that on. You know what I'm saying? That's a good one to get you started. So, oh, yeah. You have, so, you have Adrian come back, and they tell each other, you know, the most important thing. You know, they give you, I miss you. It's real simple, right? Real, Rocky's real simple. Simple story. He comes, Adrian shows up. I've missed you. He says, I've missed you. And then she says, we're in this together. And then she says, no matter what. And then he says, no matter what. And she says, no matter what, again, simple lines, man. Very simple, but very powerful. And you need that no matter what out of the people that support you when you're pursuing something. It's like, no matter what, hey, you fall flat on your face, no matter what, I'm here. Hey, you use your success and you do stupid things with your success, like blow all your money and on coke and hookers, no matter what, I'm still here to pick your ass up when you're done being stupid. And you need that in your life. I think that I heard it best... Um I forgot where I heard it from. I think it's a guy named T.D. Jakes. But he talks about the three C's, confidence, constituents, and comrades. Confidence, confidants are those people in your life who really love you unconditionally. They love you for the long haul, right, no matter what. They don't care about your money or your status or your weight. Then you got your constituents, and those are the people who are with you and for you. But as long as you're, what you know, for what they are for, 
if you're an advocate for this or you want to win a championship and they want the country to win a championship, they'll be there for you. You know what I'm saying? Then there's your comrades. And those are the people who are just like, you know, you're thrown together for some reason, you know, who are just kind of like usually mostly work related, something like that. So they come and go. You don't really confide in them. If I had to say anything about that, that's what I see. I'm like, damn, there's one person who's there no matter what. And just like that, the training montage kicks into high gear. Rocky's got extra motivation. He has the right people around him. But in that training scene, you also get Duke. Um, I talked about him as the unsung hero or the unsung actor in, in the whole movie, uh, telling him over and over again, no pain, no pain. Building that pain threshold. And just food for thought, chat me up here on this topic. When you're trying to take down someone who's so driven by science, you have to pursue a different, I guess, a different method. Did I already talk about the tow truck method? I don't think so. Lay it out. Well, well, to me, it reminds me, I think it was just best put to me like a story about a lady who breaks down on the freeway in her car. Let's just say it's even a flat tire for story's sake. She has a flat tire on the freeway. So what does she do? She calls AAA or her insurance to get a tow truck. That tow truck, at that point, when it gets a call, it doesn't just sit there and, and ask, okay, what's what's wrong? Okay, you got a flat tire. <clears throat> I'm going to go to the store and buy a tire. It comes ready to go. So that's kind of how I look at things. So when I look at Drago, I see that they're spending so much millions of dollars, it looks like, putting them on machines that ain't even out yet, you know, putting roids in them, using the highest technology. They want to equip them with everything. Let me get the tire iron. Let me get the, you know what I'm saying? Let me get the welder. They're putting all these unnecessary things because they're trying to be ready, you know. But what happened? They showed up to the fight. They showed up to the scene, and he wasn't ready for Rocky. To me, that means you could do all that training. It doesn't mean anything if you ain't ready for the problem that's in front of you. So yeah, let's go back to that mystery substance. For the record, it's not, it's only insinuated, it's only rumor and innuendo that the substance put into Ivan Drago was steroids. It's some mystery substance. I mean, we don't, all the connotations yeah. are there that it's steroids, but let's, let's set the record. He was using steroids. And what it does is it brings up this separation of, uh, Rocky gets his secret weapon, which is Adrian, who kicks up his training, and then they put in more, steroids that's their secret weapon so you get heart versus you know someone trying to cheat and just build a winner off of extra methods so as the training sequence concludes you have the run to the top right you have rocky running all the way to the top of that snow-covered mountain uh and then you have the inclined treadmill which uh no one would see an inclined treadmill come come out like that until free motion put one out on the market i want to say back in 2005 or 2004 but that incline uh, treadmill went all the way up. <laughs> so that was that was the, the conclusion of the training sequence. You had Rocky using nature, the elements, climbing all the way to the top of a mountain. And then you had Ivan Drago getting on that free motion incline treadmill that we wouldn't see until 2005 and uh, put the level all the way up. Ultimately, that training montage pumped me up, man. It made me feel like I needed to challenge myself more from a grit standpoint. It made me feel like... I want that. I want that no matter what in my life. Yeah, it was some things going on, and you're very observant. I didn't even notice that there was two different driving forces, such as the substance versus uh, Rocky's lady. Like, that's deep, bro. I'll have to ask you something about that later. But, you know, I, I just feel it's results-driven. Whatever it's going to take to get you compliant, you know what I'm saying? Whatever it's going to take to get you to stick to the script, okay? If it takes you... Uh, a million dollar gym membership and all this to get it, then fine. I think people would notice 
somebody who can get the same results as somebody else with less resources because you have to work twice as hard. If that million dollar equipment isn't there, that's the question. What are you going to do? You're going to barbecue or boohoo? And I don't know about you, but I ain't going to cry, bro. Never. And I think it's worth mentioning and safe to say right now that, you know, what if talking some fucking muscle had, you know, all the financial capability of some of the big podcasts, man, we'd be like, we'd be touring the world right now. But like yeah. I said, we're going to, we're going to do, do the things that the big podcasts do with less money. All right. So we're here. I think this is a moment we've all been waiting for the moment we've all been waiting for. We're at the debate and it's going to be quick. We're going to do a quick debate on what works better. We don't have to pick a side. You know, let's take a quick five minutes to have the debate. After everything we've covered today so far, say, say everything we went through, we, we talked about the ups and the downs of the training methods, the mystery substances, the Adrian that came through in the clutch. We talked about throwing logs around, sacks of rocks, pericordial sacks, other sacks that my wife has that I don't have anymore because she took it from me when we got married. But... What we need to talk wow. about now, <laughs> what we need to talk about now is the actual debate. And I'll start it off. The debate is which method creates a better athlete, individual or competitor? Science versus traditional training methods that build grit. Here we go. And I'll take the stance of both. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll throw around arguments. Okay. Let's make an argument for science now. Okay. I'll start it off. Science is going to give you more attention to detail better program design, better scaling. You're going to recover better. You're going to do your different ice baths, all of this stuff. So it's going to give you an environment in which the person training for grit may fall apart, may get too tired whenever it comes time to compete. They may not last because the environment may not con be conducive to what is called progression or progressive programming. So you tell me, what what would you say science does uh, in in favor of grit or traditional training methods? I like to look at, like you said, both. But to me, uh, science is just funny because what I think it is is just us standing on a pedestal saying, hey, look what we found out. It was grit until it became science. Uh, what, what I will say about science is it gives us an understanding so we know what the hell happened. Like, wow, look at this guy's muscles. How did he do that? Well, he did 20 reps a day for the, his whole life and for 14 years Wow, we'll write that down. That's a fact. And how does it happen? I get it. I get it. It makes life easier. It makes life easier that we that we could uh we just have that route. So science is a is a good benefit so that we could pass pass along this valuable information. Well it's the scientific method. If something fails, we get it out of the way and we don't use it again and it's you know, it's onto new studies. It's on it's onto a new well, yeah. investigation, well, onto a new study. I always say this though. Come on, don't bullshit me. Because, yeah, we, well, well, I can't, I mean, back in the day, they said the earth was flat. Didn't they say it's round? They're saying you know that what I mean? They're saying that That's shit my today, biggest say, one. Say, say, they're saying that shit today. What I'm saying? So, imagine if the world is flat, and you're the one that went to college. I'm a map maker. I'm a, you know, I'm a cartographer. I draw maps, and this is what it is. Oh, then what happens when, your, your degree gets crushed, bro, when the, when the world becomes round. You know what I'm saying? And all these glow makers right now, they're a little, they're kind of sweating too now, probably with these flat earth. Uh oh. And then that's just what messes everybody up. So science, science can confuse you too. Yeah, Sheesh. But, but we can't, we can't uh, judge them just like Skeleto said on, uh, on Nacho Libre. 
I don't know why you always have to be judging me because I only believe in science. There's a place for it. There's a, <laughs> there's, there's a place. Granted, science is definitely something that we want to implement into all training methods, discrediting it. We're just simply putting it on the other side of grit. All right, now let's, let's make a case for grit. I'll let you go first this time. You go ahead and, and make your closing arguments on grit being better than science. Grit will be better than science because it pushes the forefront of what is known. You know what I mean? This is stuff that might be undiscovered yet, but it's in every one of us internally. So to me, grit is pushing forward. If you can picture a globe, and let's just call the globe is a sphere, because that's what it is. The sphere represents everything we know. And then every year, hopefully it grows and grows and gets bigger. But who's growing it? The people taking time to swim in inside of the sphere of what is known or people on the outside like Rocky training, pushing it to the limits. Like the four minute mile was never possible before until what? Somebody pushed it. Oh, now it is possible. To me, that's grit. So I, I'll take grit because it makes more discoveries. It, it allows science to grow. You know what I'm saying? We're not given the knowledge for free uh, of that all this mathematical stuff that we're writing down. People out there pioneering it through grit. You're like, no, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is possible. I'm telling you, they're just gritting through it, right? All right, I'll take, I'll, I'll, I'll do my closing arguments now on grit being better than science. And here's where I'll start. When it comes to building grit, it's not something that everybody has access to because it's within you, just like you said earlier. Science and scientific methods are something that almost everybody has had to access to. The difference is financial levels and barriers. If you have more money, you'll be able to access a higher level of science. You'll be able to access the, I guess, fancy machines and technology. You'll be able to access all this stuff to help you train better. But so does the other person that has as much money as you. So does the other, maybe somebody else has more. They'll be able to access all the science thing. When it comes to grit, it's not available. You can't go purchase it. You can't put a price tag on it. It's within and it's limitless. It's limitless to the point of infinity inside of you. It's however far you want to go, however far you want to push yourself, and how uncomfortable you can make yourself and still succeed. And to summarize grit versus science, whenever your science breaks down in the middle of competition and it just hits a brick wall, like in the, like in the fight. I don't want to spoil Rocky if anybody hasn't seen it, but during the fight, uh, Ivan Drago goes into his corner after a round and he tells his corner man he's a piece of iron he's not human right that's science breaking down right there that's saying i can't explain this force with anything i've used and trained and you know he's supposed to be human he's supposed to be flesh and bone that's breaking down in the face of will or grit so when science breaks down, when methods break down, when your seven-step system, when you're, hey, here's the approach to getting more clients, blah, 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 I'm going to help your business. When that breaks down, what do you have left? You have grit. And that's what's going to put you out there as a business person. That's what's going to put you out there as a successful personal trainer, fitness professional, as a person in your relationship. But I want to bring up actually some cold hard facts about some Olympic champions. You'll like this so Olympic champions Ryan Lochte and Michael Phelps actually rented and reserved that very same cabin in Jackson Hole, Wyoming to train for the 2016 Olympics. They rented out that very same cabin and they trained there in the freezing temperatures. And here's why. They're, they're fucking swimmers, right? They're not boxers. But what they saw Rocky building, what they saw Stallone building was grit. 
and they wanted a piece of it. So they trained in Jackson Hole, in the snow, in the harsh conditions to build grit because, ladies and gentlemen, that's what builds a champion. Woo! Damn, you ain't lying. It's like, go ahead. You can have all that equipment. You can prepare. You can squat. You can punch 2,000 pounds worth, but you can't beat me because I got grit. That's, that's what's up. Well said. All right, so Sensei, we we're going to go ahead and give our listeners a nice little parting gift. You and I both came together and said, we're going to go ahead and do, I'm going to let you take three minimalist techniques or movements they can incorporate to their workout routine, and I'll do three of the best tech modalities that are out there. So let's go ahead and lay it out for them. And now it's time for Sensei's number one grit building movement. You could actually do a pistol squat. Pistol squats for the win. Here's Seisei with number two. Different environment, like, okay, yeah, you might can squat, you might can lunge, can you squat in the snow? Ay, mis huevos fríos. Hashtag squat in the snow. Here's number three. And then the other one is just smile. That's a, that's a little greedy workout. I always tell my people when they're in their last round, I'm like, don't forget to smile. Hold your composure. Shoot. I know you just worked out for an hour and you're holding a plank. Don't forget to smile. That's what's going to give you the edge because you might be tired as hell. But if your opponent don't know it, that might be all you need to win. Do your pistol squats. Drop those huevos in the snow and do it all with a great big old smile on your face. This has been Seisei's Three Techniques to Build Grit. There it is. 100% agree. Okay, so moving on, my uh, top three tech items that everyone should have. Don't get all weird. It's just science. Here's Hector with his number one tech modality. I own this piece of equipment. I have it up in my garage right now. It is a LED digital timer. It's by BTB Sign. It's only going to run you about 80 bucks. But they, these, these things are awesome because you can actually cater your program design on it. You can measure your progress. Uh, let's say you have Tabata's program, which is a, a training sequence that goes off of 20 seconds work, 10 seconds rest, eight rounds. Let's say you can only do five squats the first time around in each 20 second interval. And then the next time around, you can do eight. You know, it shows you basically how well you progress through workout periods. So go out, get yourself a digital timer. They're worth it. I 100% believe in their effectiveness. It's only going to run you about 80 bucks. And they look really cool hanging up on your garage. Nice little bright digital timer with green and red lights. Beep. Beep. Yeah. And they give you the, the countdown also. You hit start, it gives you a three second or four second countdown, 10 second countdown, whatever you need. Digital timer. That's only because you do not know how to tell time, Hector. Don't lie. Here's number two. The next piece of tech equipment I would say comes from actually a mom and pa company. It is a Concept2 ski erg. Uh, I don't know. Have you seen one of these ski ergs before? They say they're, they're the standing ski ergs. They have the two ski apparatuses yeah. and you pull them down like a rower. Yeah. The Concept2 ski erg is an awesome piece of equipment. It's only going to run you about $780, so it's not going to be like the $1,800 elliptical, or as my friend E40 used to call it, ecliptical. So I worked at a club in Danville, uh, Blackhawk community, and E40 lived in that area, and he came in to sign up. 
being a personal training manager, I went to greet him and offer him some free personal training services and basically said, we'd love to offer you a consultation session. And he said, no, nah, man, I'm just going to get up in here and work on that ecliptical. You feel me? <laughs> That's what's up. That's exactly how I laid it down. Big 41 is going to get on the ecliptical. Hella ecliptical. <laughs> so it's not going to be a $5,000 piece of equipment like an ecliptical, elliptical. It is only run you about $780, and it's a beast of a machine. You can actually couple it with your wall timer and work a good sweat. It's also a crazy engine buster. It's going to get your heart rate up. It's going to make you feel total body workout. You can do jump lunges with it. If you don't know what it is and don't know what it looks like, go ahead and pop it into the Amazon search engine bar. Maybe you can get it for a cheaper price. You never knew, but the Ski Erg, S-K-I-E-R-G, is legit Ski Erg. Well, I guess the only way you'll see that Mexican ski is on the Concept 2 Ski Erg. Well, that's weird. Here's number three. And my last piece of tech equipment you should incorporate with your fitness program is the Hyper Ice Hyper Volt. It's a little drill that helps with myofascial release, which is basically self-massage for those of you not in the know. So you get this drill out. They have different pieces, drill bits, or whatever you want to call them. It looks like a drill, but it's just used for massage. So you turn it on. It gives you a little... You know what I mean? Chat me up. You ever, you ever <laughs> yeah, seen those? those, those I like those. <clears throat> All right, so those are my three tech pieces. Talk about getting all weird. What kind of plans do you have for that drill, Hector? This has been Hector's top three tech modalities to incorporate with your fitness program. I hope you guys get the advice we give you and implement it into your workouts. I think that's going to put a bow on our second full episode. Oh, man, it was good, man. It was good. It was it was all good. And we hope to see you next week where we're going to go to the ladies. We're going away from the sweaty guys and we're going to the ladies. This next episode, we're going to cover Carrie Strug and her 1996 Olympic performance where she won gold on one foot. And a sidebar we're going to incorporate with that episode is when is pushing yourself through injury too far and where do you draw the line? So join us next week when we talk some Carrie Strug and we talk some fucking muscle. And thank you all for listening. For big bodies say, 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 Liua! I'm Hector Oliveira. And remember, everybody, if you don't got it, don't show it. Let me tell you what Melvin's Toast is packing right here. I've got 411 Posse Track Out Back, 750 Double Pumper, Edelbrock Intakes, Ford Over 30, 11 to 1 Pop-Up Pistons, Turbo Jet, 390 horsepower. We're talking some fucking muscle.